almost in a joke. I say it week, but I didn't say it. Um, you can read the title, I suppose. Don't let the fire go out. Um, I don't have any um, intro story like I've been having lately. So sorry, we're just going to go right to the Bible. Leviticus chapter 6. If you have it, you can turn there. If you like, make sure that I'm reading something that's in there. Most of you just take my word at it. That's okay. It says, um, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering. Because the burning upon the altar all night into the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. So he's talking about, probably guess, the burnt offering. A few verses later, it says, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it, it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. And the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar, it shall never go out. I just want to speak a few moments. If you allow me, and even if you won't, um, don't let the fire go out. God, uh, in the book of Leviticus, uh, he's giving Moses the law. And most of the laws in Leviticus relate to the priesthood or the Levites, um, sacrifices, holiness, these sorts of things. And God starts to tell Moses about different sacrifices and all the um, different ways, they, different animals, different ways, the sacrifice and different offerings. There's burnt um, offerings, grain, peace, sin, guilt, all sorts of things. Um, each offering, each sacrifice had different reasons or purposes. Some were for forgiveness, some were for thanksgiving, some were just to make things right, some were to you know, let people know that you were clean again. And um, Each offering and sacrifice had a different way to do it. On the part of the opening text that we read in Leviticus 6, God is telling Moses about burnt offerings. And burnt offerings were offerings that were given to God, laid on an altar, and wait for it, burnt. Until nothing was left. I know, they were really good with titles. Like the first time you tried to make a roast or something. I had a friend once, she couldn't cook to save her life. She put frozen pizza in the oven with the cardboard still underneath it. She offered a burnt offering that day. <laughs> but it was called a burnt offering because you would literally burn it until there's nothing left. Absolutely gone. Creative. They're good with their names. Just about as good as me. That's fine. Um, this is in contrast to other forms of sacrifice, um, which was partly burned, most of it eaten in communion at, at a meal. They would generally burn the fat because it burned the easiest. They didn't always burn the whole offering. Um, God tells Moses in Israel that this fire upon the altar can never go out. A fire that's used for the burnt offerings, it can never go out. And so they, they were done on the altar, done at the altar. And according to my research, initially the burnt offering was required to be offered on an altar of earth, but after the tabernacle was built, it was specific um, specified that the tabernacle's altar was to be used. The animals were required to be unblemished. The list of blemishes includes animals that are 
blind or broken or maimed or have an ulcer or eczema or scabs or anything like that. You couldn't use any of those animals that have any sorts of markings. And so the animals, they were brought um, to the north side of the altar, ritually slaughtered, and the blood was carefully collected by the priest, sprinkled on the corners of the altar, unless it was a bird. Um, its corpse was flayed and the skin kept by the priest. This is all delicious tidbits for you. The flesh of the animal was divided according to the detailed instructions given, and it would be placed on the wood on the altar, which was constantly on fire due to the large number of sacrifices carried out daily and slowly burnt after the flesh, including any horns and goat's beards, had been reduced to ashes. Usually the following morning, the ashes were removed um, as refuse and taken to a ritually clean location outside the temple. That's how they did things. Um, but what we're focusing on today isn't necessarily the animals, but the fire. The fire on the altar must burn forever, is what God said. It can never be extinguished. It was the duty of the priests and the temple workers to keep the fire going. When the brazen altar was built and ready to go, the first fire on that altar, according to the Bible, was started by God himself. He sent fire down from heaven and started it. Uh, Leviticus 9, 24, and there came a fire from fire out from before the Lord and consumed the altar of the burnt offering and the fat, and which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. The first fire that was put on this altar was started by God. And when the tabernacle was moved forward, twas a mobile unit at first, they would take the coals with them and keep them hot and use them to start the next fire, never letting them Burnout. So basically, God says something like this in the shepherd translation. Look, I'm going to start this fire for you, but it's up to you to keep it going. That's your responsibility. And God in the Bible is often referred to or called a father. And like a father, he's not going to do everything for you. Parents, they don't do everything for you. I know it would be easier if they did, but they don't. The goal is is to get your children to do things on their own, to take over. And you show them and you tell them, but there comes a day when you stop doing things for them. And so God said, you know, I'm going to start this fire, but you're going to have to take over the responsibility to keep it going. I'm not going to send fire down every day. I could, but that's not what we're trying to do here. It's your job now. And oftentimes in the Bible, fire represents the presence or power of God. You think of fire falling from Heaven um, with Elijah, you think of Acts 2, what do they see? Cloven tongues like as a fire. And yet, um, if we want to have the fire of God or the power of God or the presence of God working in our lives, it's our responsibility. It's up to us to do what we need to do to see it happen. It's not up to our parents, our friends, the pastor, the church. It's up to us as individuals. If we want God to move and minister in our church, then that is our responsibility to do what we need to do to see it happen. It's our responsibility to keep the fire burning. I don't know if you know how easy it is to not keep a fire going. You just leave her alone. I'm not talking about like wildfires or forest fires. This is an altar fire we're talking about. This is a concentrated fire in one spot. But even wildfires and forest fires, if you leave them alone, eventually they're going to go out when they run out of fuel. This is going to, this is my mind-blowing revelation for today. If a fire is going to be burning continually, what needs to happen? 
Someone needs to work at it. Continually. That's the only way to keep it going. Fuel needs to be added continually. Wood needs to be added to a fire. Um, sacrifice. You need to make sure there's air flowing in. Um, maybe you need to stir the coals a bit. Maybe some ashes. I said every morning the ashes would be removed. Maybe they need to be cleaned out. It takes some work. When we first moved um, here to Middleton, I had zero experience with a wood stove. I, I did go actually to a friend's house once and they had one. And that was the only time I've ever, I know it's hard to believe. They were spoiled in the city. Electric heat. Crazy. We, I never was really around wood stoves. and I remember the day we moved in, it was um, December, a week before Christmas or so. I don't advise moving then. But there was, a, there was some snow on the ground, a little dusting of snow. Um, and that, that winter, I think it snowed every day. But we had the, the doors open as you do when you're moving. Because you got to go in and out. And I remember someone had a, we have a wood stove in, in the living room and someone had the wood stove going. I don't know who started it, but thank you for doing that, wherever you are. And I remember thinking, well, that's cool, but I'm never going to use that. <laughs> I'm going to burn the house down. I don't know what I'm doing. That's too bad, <laughs> I thought to myself. But eventually after some, I don't know, fooling around is the right word, but trial and error, I guess, I figured out how to use it and how to light it. At least, I don't know if it's properly, but it works for me. <laughs> to make sure you know, the ashes, clean the ashes out, you know, how many logs to put in, when to put a log in. Um, I just thought you could put a bunch in at once and then it'll burn longer. Oh, it just gets hotter. I didn't know that. I'm stupid. I know you're all laughing at me. I'm sorry. You're exposing my weaknesses. But I learned how to do it and how to keep it going. You know, sometimes you let it go too long. You got to blow on the embers to get it back up and all of those sorts of things. You want to keep it going overnight. You got to, we're going to have to get up in the middle of the night to stoke it and put some logs on. If you want to keep it going during the day, you can't be out running the roads all day. Or it's going to be out when you get home. And it's incredibly easy to let the fire go out. All you have to do is just stop feeding it. All you have to do is just ignore it. My wife is very good at letting the fire go out. I think in six years she might have put two logs on it. That's about it. <laughs> Some days I'll have to go out. I'll have it going. I'll go out and do something. Um, for a couple of hours I come back and that's gone. I was like, oh, oh, I meant to do that. Well, that doesn't count. It's no good now. Now I'm not going to get going again. It's very easy to let a fire goes out, go out. It takes you know, focus and intention to keep it going. And God started this thing a long time ago, the fire burning. And it's up to us to keep it going. It's our responsibility to keep it going. And we'll say things like, oh, God, send the fire. and We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. And there's a song we used to sing here and there. And send it on down. Send the fire of the Holy Ghost. You know, send it on down. Well, the truth is God's already sent it. And it's up to us to keep it going. And we've got to add fuel 
to the fire. We've got the responsibility to increase the fire, to see it burn brighter and brighter, to see it spread. It's up to us to keep it going. God started it, and he said, I want you to keep this going. I, I got you started. I want you to keep it on. Keep on doing it. The only way to have the fire of God moving in our life or in the church or in our home is to continually work at it, to keep praying without ceasing, to spend time in the word, to spend time fasting and seeking the face of God, to sacrifice and give and worship and praise, to follow his word, to keep his commandments, to make disciples, to pray for the sick and see them healed, to teach Bible studies, to do all of these things and not take a day off or not take a service off or not take weeks and months off because when you do the fire will die down when we can have the old mindset of well we had a move of god a couple of weeks ago and that's good for now or i don't feel like it today or someone else can can do it today but it takes all of us continually working and giving and praying and fasting and worshiping and praising and studying and edifying and building up the body, it wasn't just one priest who was tasked with keeping the fire going. It was the responsibility of whichever priest was on duty that day. We've talked before about how the priests were on rotations and they would come and they would do it for a couple of days, a week or so or whatever. And then they, a next group would come in and they would take turns. It was a collective, a co-op. It was everyone working together and that's the way we keep the fire burning in the church and we expect one person to keep it going they're going to get tired and they're going to maybe get worn out and not let it go you can't keep one person doing it all the time you get tired people need to sleep people need to rest it takes all of us working together everyone praying and everyone praising and everyone worshiping together living together in holiness the priests they all did it it was their as in all of them, it was their responsibility to do it. And, and um, I don't know if you know this, but in this new kingdom we're a part of, the kingdom of God, it says, First uh, Peter 2 and 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You are. You're the priesthood. The holy nation, a peculiar people. They show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are the priesthood. Now, Revelation 1 um, five to six, I guess I missed five, but it says, and from Jesus Christ, who was a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the peace on the earth unto him who that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse six, he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We are the kings and the priests. We are the ones who are in charge of keeping it going. It is our responsibility to keep the flame of the Holy Ghost burning in our lives, in our church, in our homes as priests in this kingdom of God. It's not a one-time thing. You don't feel it once and then think we're good, you know, for the rest of our lives. I was good. I don't need it anymore. I was not touching touch the fire once. Whew. That was enough for me. It's a continual thing. And fire, like we said, is a reminder of God's presence and his power. Deuteronomy 4 and 24, God says about himself, for the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. God is a consuming fire, and some things are easier to burn than others. I don't know about you, but when I start a fire, I just I don't just take the lighter or a match. Let's go at the big logs. I don't know. 
Maybe, maybe you're better at it than me. You gotta use them, those flyers or newspaper. I like to use egg cartons or drink trays. Those are nice. <laughs> Burn a little slower, a little longer. And then you go on to the kindling, right? And then you get the logs. And maybe you start with some smaller ones or you get those big boys on there. Right? Some things are easier to consume. Some things are easier to light. Those flyers, they go up like nothing. The kindling doesn't last very long, but the logs, they don't burn as easy. They take a little bit longer. And then some days it seems like, maybe it's just me or my inexperience, but it seems like a fire just doesn't want to happen. Just not lighting today. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know if you ever had that happen. Like, I don't know. What's wrong with this wood? She's not burning today. It takes a while. Sometimes it's right away, and other times it takes a bit. And some of us, we don't want to be consumed by God. And sometimes we try to be like that big old tough log and fight it. We don't want to burn today. We resist the presence of God. We try to resist His power. We say to Him, You can have this little bit. No. Sometimes the, the, the bark will light and the rest won't. You, know, you can have this little bit of it. You can take this little, you know, but not that. He's not, but he's not looking for that. He's a consuming fire. He's looking for someone willing to be completely committed and someone willing to give everything, to give it all to him, someone willing to be completely consumed. And when you burn something completely, ready for this one? There's nothing left. That's how it works. I want to be so consumed by his spirit that there's nothing left of me, like John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. If we want to be consumed with the Holy Ghost, we need to stop trying to be so tough and strong and hard and let him work and stop fighting and resisting Jesus and being a stubborn old blockhead. A block of wood that won't like speaking of John the Baptist, he shows up years after Moses and he starts prophesying about someone is gonna come with fire. And he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The Holy Ghost and fire. Again, fire representing the presence and the power of God. He said, someone is coming that's going to baptize you, that's going to immerse you, that's going to cover you completely with power, with the presence and the Spirit of God. It's going to be this incredible time and we know that he was referring to Jesus because a little while later he says he says so you know this is the guy I was talking about he says and after Jesus was crucified and risen from the dead he tells his disciples to wait for the Holy Ghost in Jerusalem and he brings up kind of what John said in Acts 1 and 4 and 5 is that and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he you have heard of me for John truly baptized with water, and ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So he said the Holy Ghost is coming. He said this thing that John referred to a while ago that he prophesied about, I'm going to send it to you. Oh, but where's the fire, you may say, with your snarky attitudes. I don't know. He only said the Holy Ghost there. Thanks for asking. You do that a lot. He said at the next point, thank you for doing that. And he said, while they were in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, huh? like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with what? 
the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. There we go. We've got the fire and we've got the Holy Ghost. And God has sent it. But it's up to us to keep it burning. It's our responsibility now to keep that fire burning in our lives and our hearts. The fire goes out when we stop adding to it, when the fuel is no longer there. Fire takes um, dedication and attention to keep it going. It consumes everything. When something is burned, it's not recognizable anymore. You know, when a house burns down, it's difficult to tell what it was. If it wasn't for the location, you may not recognize it. My old elementary school, growing up, went to, I guess it was Catholic, St. Peter's. Most of us weren't Catholic, but there were a few that were. It was a lovely school. My grandfather, I went to that school. It was, a, it was older. Um, but the city decided it was too old. It had history, and like they do in our country, we tear down things that are old <laughs> buildings. In Europe, you know, they keep them. We got buildings, a lot of them that are older than our country as we know it. And they just decided to tear the school down. And as they were tearing it down, some of the lads, I know one of them personally, <laughs> decided to light her up. And she burned. I don't think he ever got in much trouble from that. <laughs> because in reality the burning helped <laughs> I mean, they were going to do it themselves but someone else helped them and after the fire even the wreckage wasn't recognizable and the fire of the Holy Ghost is going to burn and work in our lives we're going to have to yield to him we're going to have to give some things up we're going to have to let him burn and change us the fire changes us the Bible says that we are a new creature. We're not even the same. We're not recognizable anymore from what we used to be. Completely changed. That's what fire does. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. They used to offer um, animals on the altar and let the physical fire burn them. And now we are told to surrender ourselves and let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn in our lives. He says present, which means present once and for all. Like um, like a bride and a groom. They come and you present them to each other. Marriage is supposed to last the rest of your life. And they're presented as the as a couple that's united or whatever. That is it's a commitment. If you light something on fire, it's never the same again. Even if the fire goes out, there's it's marked. It's changed. It's charred. And once you are touched by God, you will never be the same again. Even if you walk away, even if you let the fire go out, there's still that mark. There's still the effect. You've been touched by Him. There's something that happens in the presence of God when we receive and experience the fire of the Holy Ghost. We are impacted and imprinted and empowered by his spirit. And Paul gives two reasons why we're to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. He says, by the mercies of God, which means because of the mercies of God, different translations word it like that, but because of God's mercies, we should be willing to lay ourselves down because of what he's done for us, because of his love and his grace towards us, we should be willing to do that. And because he says it's our reasonable service. It's also translated as our spiritual worship. It's what 
what was expected of us because of what he's done. A living sacrifice does not die. It continues to burn. And as long as the fire is there, it will burn and burn. Don't let the fire go out. We need to keep the Holy Ghost active in our lives. We need to pray and worship and praise and study and be sensitive to his spirit and let him work. A fire needs three things to burn. It needs heat, it needs fuel, and it needs oxygen. If we take one of them away, the fire will go out. Oxygen is the air or the, the spirit, if you will. We've got two wood stoves back to my stoves in the house. There's one upstairs which I, I've come to love dearly. And then there's one downstairs, which is quite a bit smaller. The, the box um, inside is, is probably half the size of the one upstairs. Um, the one upstairs, it's very easy to light a fire in it because there's so much room and there's air that flows a lot easier. Um, you know, I can light a fire and then close the door immediately and She's good to go. The one downstairs, there's not as much room inside, which means there's not as much air or oxygen. And this one I struggle with sometimes. They get burning. Um, it takes a little bit longer. You've got to leave the, the door cracked open to let the air flow until it gets going. You need, and, and if it doesn't, you know, it'll, it'll go out because there's not enough oxygen. The, the box isn't you know, big enough. We need to have oxygen to have the fire. There needs to be room in our life for the spirit to work and the, the air to flow to, in order for the, the fire to keep burning. We need that spirit working in our lives. Paul tells us in First Thessalonians 5 and 19, one of these big long ones that's hard to remember. He says, quench not the spirit. We need to allow the spirit to work in our lives. We need to give room for the spirit to work, to flow and to to keep that fire going. Sometimes we can quench it with different things, our attitudes, our, uh, I don't want to do that. We can, we can get in the way of the Spirit working. We can just put it out. We need to allow the Spirit place to work in our lives, to move freely, or else we're in danger of putting out the fire. And then we need, um, we need fuel. There are three things that we can use for fuel. Prayer, the Word, and worship. If we're going to have the fire burning. If the Spirit is going to be working in our lives, we need all of these. Amen. It's very important. We need to pray. We need to have the Word. We need to spend time in worship in His presence. The fire also cleans and purifies. It's used uh, to purify gold and different metals and things like that. Heat is often used to sterilize things. You know, if you're going to can any jam or salsa or vegetables or whatever, you got to sterilize the jars with heat to kill the bacteria so you don't get botulism and die. You know, heat is used to, to kill, to, to clean, to sterilize. And the heat, is that's, that's the conviction of God working in our lives. It's going to remove the impurities. It's going to Show us what's, what's wrong, what we need to take out, what we need to destroy in our lives. And as we draw closer to God, we let the, the fire burn, we let the Holy Ghost work, there's going to be, there's going to be some conviction. And heat sometimes is uncomfortable. And conviction is not a comfortable thing. And one of the main 
reasons my family and I, we didn't want to go to Africa was because of the heat. I grew up in St. John. It was 18 degrees in the summer. Sometimes, sometimes it got up to like 22. Whew. It was a boiler that day. And that was foggy. But the missionaries, they were looking for us, a place for us to stay, and they, they told us they found us an apartment to stay in. And we didn't ask. The first question wasn't, how many bedrooms are there? Is it furnished? Do we need to bring, you know, stuff for the kitchen? Is there, is there, is there any of that stuff there? And our first question was, is there an air conditioner? <laughs> because in our mind, if we had cool air, we'd be able to make it. No matter what happened, I could sleep on the floor as long as I wasn't <laughs> dying of heat. Because the heat is uncomfortable. And the heat, sometimes, of the Holy Ghost is uncomfortable. And the heat of the fire is used to refine. Proverbs 25 and 4 says, Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the fire. This is done by fire. It takes away the imperfections of the silver. Malachi 4, or 3 and 3 says, And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. The, the Holy Ghost, as it works in our lives, it it purifies us like the, the fire does with the gold and silver. It shows the things that are um, don't belong or that aren't pure, and it, it burns and it removes it. We need the Holy Ghost to work in our lives. We need the heat of conviction from time to time to let us know that there's there's something here that doesn't belong. There's something here that um, you know isn't what God wants, and we need to remove that. We need to let the Holy Ghost work and let Him move and challenge and change us and get into the presence of God and let Him do what He needs to do. Let Him convict and work and change in our lives. We need to listen to His Spirit as He tries to do that. That's the heat. One of the neat things about, um, one of my favorite things, I think, about going to different countries or places is you get to experience whether there's worship. We have an idea of how church should go here. Um, and then when we went across the ocean to the place where we needed an air conditioner, you know, they did service very differently. And they sang different songs. That's probably one of my favorite things, hearing the different songs and the styles. Um, our home church now, they've got quite a bit of um, Nigerians and going there, and they had a baby dedication. They were doing what they would have done there, and my mother was shocked at how they <laughs> were singing and they were dancing, and I had never seen anything like this before, which is hilarious to me, because I've been, and I've seen it. And at first I was shocked, but then I got used to it and loved it. But I just like how people do things differently. One of the songs that we sang there simply says, the, it was in French, but it says, the full, the full, the full, the full, the full, the full, which just means the fire, the fire, the fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Draw close to me. The fire, the fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Fill me. It was such a simple song. And I had a video I was going to show. It just made a preacher's conference. There's all these men just singing this song together. No music or instruments or anything. Just singing and worshiping. And God was just, and that was just the cry of their heart. Just the fire of the Holy Ghost. Fill me. The fire of the Holy Ghost work in my life. And it's such a simple song, but it's such a powerful cry and prayer. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost 
in our lives. Another thing fire does is it drives out darkness. And nothing will cure your blues like a move of the Holy Ghost. When the enemy attacks, you need the Holy Ghost. When it's dark and you don't know where to turn or you're feeling down or worried or distressed, you need the Holy Ghost to work. Fire drives out darkness. If you want to make a difference, don't let the fire go out. And Jesus started this thing a long time ago, and it's our job to keep it going. Like the priests in the Old Testament, their job was to keep the fire going, to keep adding fuel every day, to add the sacrifice, to add the wood, to keep it going. It's our responsibility to continue in prayer, to continue in worship, to continue in the word. And when it's cold and the fire seems to be fading and getting weaker, be like Timothy when Paul told him, Fan it into flame and don't let it die. In the New, New International Version, it says, 2 Timothy 1 and 6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The same sort of thing. If we stop adding fuel to the fire, it will get cold and go down to the embers and it needs to be fanned and have the air moving through, the spirit working through it again to get that flame going and burning hot. And renewed again. Get that fire going and the desire going. We need the Holy Ghost to move through our lives again. To fan into flames. Nothing stirs up the gift like a good old fashioned move of God. Don't let the truth and don't let the things of God die in your life. In our church growing up. In St. John, we used to have this big conference every year. It was called Prayer Summit, and it grew and grew, and eventually it was too big for our church, and we had to hold it at the arena, um, Harbor Station, it was called. I don't know what it's called now. But it was a huge thing. And I came across some videos on YouTube from it, and they were like taken from VHSs. That's how long ago it was. I'm so old. Somebody had uploaded them. And I, we watched the choir sing, and I could recognize so many people. But a lot of the people I recognized were no longer here. Right. It was a sad moment. It was you know, fun to, to see it and nostalgic, but it was also kind of sad to see the amount of people that had kind of drifted away. And I've learned in my many years, my many years of living, I've lived more years than I had before, and being in the church, that people will come and people will go. Which is a sad thing. The ones who leave often leave because they let their fire go out. It's not always, sometimes there's other circumstances, sometimes there's issues and things like that, but generally that's the reason. And we're still here because we keep stoking that fire and we keep adding fuel to that fire and we keep praying and worship. We keep getting in the Word and we keep going. I just want to encourage you this morning to not let that go out. Because once it does, it's not long after. Before we end up walking away, we end up leaving. We end up going somewhere else, fill our time with other things. It's our responsibility to keep the fire going. And maybe it's down to the embers. And maybe, maybe we need a good move of the Holy Ghost to breathe that back up again. Maybe we need to add a little more fuel to the fire. Maybe we need to pray a little more. Maybe we need to, whatever it is we need to do, but we need to keep that fire going. 
And so we're, this morning, we're going to pray. Because that's what we do. <laughs> and as this has been you today, if you've let that fire maybe get down a little bit. Maybe it's not as hot as it used to be. Maybe it... Maybe we need to add something to it. I don't know if you knew this, but a wildfire doubles every 30 seconds. It doesn't take long for a fire to spread. Acts chapter 2 and 2, it says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. It filled everything. And if we're going to allow the Holy Ghost to work, when we allow the Holy Ghost to work in our lives, to truly let Him work, it's going to fill everything. It's going to fill our whole life. And if we're going to have an impact on our world, if we're going to have an impact on our community and our families, we need the fire of the Holy Ghost. We need the presence and power of God working in our lives. And so we're going to pray here in a minute. I'm going to stop talking. Don't let that fire go out. There's three things that keep a fire going. Heat, fuel, and fire. Or, <laughs> oxygen, sorry. Whatever of the three you need, let's apply that this morning. If you need the oxygen, if you need the Holy Ghost, the Spirit to start working, why don't we allow Him to do that, give Him room to do that in our lives. If you need fuel, why don't we make that commitment today that I'm going to pray. I'm going to get in the Word a little more. I'm going to step in and worship a little bit more. If we need the we need that heat. We need that conviction. I'll say, God, show me what it is. And as we draw close to him, that's he's going to work and he's going to do that. So we're going to pray this morning. Um, why don't we, if you want to come to the altars, you know, the altar's open. It's always open when we say, but we're going to, why don't we just pray and do that. If whatever of the, the three we need, we need the spirit work, if we need the fuel, if we need the conviction, why don't we pray? Surrender to Him today. Don't let that fire go out. We need that fire burning in our lives. He started it. It's up to us to keep it going. In Jesus' name.